welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Hi, everybody. It's episode number 140, and on this episode, I want to talk to you about self-care. And it may not be in a way that you normally think of self-care, so hang in there with me. I I think it's going to be great. But before I get rolling with this, I do want to tell you that, first of all, the release date for this podcast episode is October 17th, 2019. I realize there are people who listen to these episodes down the road, so this next information not be applicable for you. But listen up, if you're especially if you're a regular listener and you're right on top of this episode. Next week, we will be opening the doors on the subscription membership site, Widow Coaching Center. So if you've been waiting, listen up. You want to pay attention because... I am doing lots of live videos in our Facebook group, Widows Empowering Widows. I'm doing challenges. I'm getting ready for us to open the doors on that membership site so that you all have a chance to get in there. Subscribe to this membership before the doors close. The doors will only be open about five days. Then they will close until next year, and the members that are in there are the members that are in there, and I get to do my best to serve you and help you walk through this journey. I know you're going to get through it by yourself, but why would you want to even, (laughs) right? You don't have to walk through this alone, and the membership will take you from that place of feeling a little lost to actually looking forward to your life again. And yes, after our spouses pass away, we do eventually get to look forward to our life again. I don't think anybody's spouse would want them to be miserable for decades, right? So come check it out. Come look at widowcoachingcenter.com. And if you're hearing this episode after the fact, still go to widowcoachingcenter.com because you can get on the wait list for the next time we do all the great challenges and free videos and get ready to open the doors on that membership again. So back to self-care. Listen, this came up for me because a fellow coach who I just love, she certified through the same school that I certified through as a professionally certified life coach. And Corinne Crabtree is just one of my favorite people. She is a weight loss coach. She's an amazing weight loss coach. I have so much respect for that. We both are kind of from the same school of thought around weight loss coaching because we both trained with the same school. But here's what I want to share with you because Corinne put up a post about self-care. Now remember, she's not talking to widows. She is not a widow, thankfully. She has a terrific husband. Um, And I want you to be aware that this is not just 
widows who let self-care slide. And I know we do. I have talked about it many times on this podcast, how I had days after Jim passed away when I thought, oh gosh, did I even remember, remember to brush my teeth today? Was that extreme because of the shock and walking around in that fog brain that we deal with for about six months, maybe longer. I mean, for me, it's been four and a half years and there may still be some fog brain around the edges. I know you guys get that. So let me share with you. I checked in with Corinne and she said she would be honored to let me read her post on the podcast. So I wanted to read this post. She posted to her group saying, I love putting on makeup, fixing my hair and wearing a pretty dress. That's one of the ways I do self-care. For years, I overcomplicated self-care. I had to be spending all the cash, taking a day off, thinking everyone else had to suffer in order for me to prioritize myself. What I've discovered is that really caring for yourself will never be at the expense of anyone else. True self-care comes from love. My favorite self-care moments, my daily journaling habit, nice soap in the shower, fixing my hair, cleaning up my kitchen, organizing my clothes in the closet so they look curated, burning oils, vacuuming just to see the lines in the carpet, going through the junk pile so the counters cleared off. My favorite, wiping down the cabinet faces in my kitchen and bathrooms. Seriously, I love my white cabinets and I love them white, not speckled from us living in our house. A lot of people think that's a lot of chores. Well, I call it self-care because it feels good to me when it's done. My husband considers it chores. I don't expect him to do it, but if he wants to help, great. If not, I'm willing to do it so I can feel the joy I get from clean spaces, carpet lines, and hotel-like living. Corinne, I loved your take on this so much because how, how many people would spend a, a Saturday morning mopping and wiping down cabinets and think of it as self-care? But I totally get it because that's one of the things I love the most. When Jim was alive, he used to at first get annoyed at my wanting to take care of the house and spend time cleaning. I think it made him feel guilty, right? Because he didn't want to take time doing that kind of deep cleaning. And I had to make him understand it's not like I think I have to do these things. It's because I love the house being clean. I love having open space in the house. It was part of self-care. I just had never labeled it that way before. Some of the replies on her thread were people saying things like, yes, self-care for me is a haircut, ironing clothes before I wear them, taking the time to watch a TV show or movie by myself if no one else is interested. Most all of my self-care is taking moments, 10 to 30 minutes to chill and stop moving. Now listen to that, you guys, because this is not a widow, but as widows, I hear so often, right, that you don't want to do things by yourself, that it's just not the same. But she's like, hey, self-care for her is being able to sit down and watch a TV show, even if no one else is interested in looking at it. Just watch it by herself, right? 
Somebody else said, I love all of this. Love the house looking like a hotel, all fresh and sparkly clean. So cool to describe it as self-care because it really is, for reals, it feels amazing. Other people saying, oh my God, I'm not the only one. I love to clean my house. Uh, taking a shower after a hard workout with all the good shampoo and body wash. That's the biggest treat. I agree. One of the things I loved most about working out and like really working out, I would go to uh, fitness classes and work up a good sweat. And what I loved most about it was hitting the shower afterwards because I would walk out of that shower feeling so good. I agree. Nothing feels better than waking up to a spotless kitchen. Have I not talked about this before? I'm sure I probably have because there are so few silver linings in having your spouse die, right? We know this, but you have to take the ones that are there. And for me, one of the silver linings of being by myself is I can clean up the kitchen and have it, all the counters cleared off and everything cleaned up before I go to bed. And when I get up in the morning, I'm getting up to a nice spotless kitchen. Now, didn't have that when Jim was alive <laughs> because he was, first of all, he was someone that just kind of slept erratically and he would inevitably be up like at two o'clock in the morning, making a cup of tea, fixing himself a piece of toast, right? And he liked to burn his toast and the smell of the toast burning would waft upstairs and that would wake me up. Not his getting out of bed, but the smell of burning toast Fortunately, the smell of anything burning makes my brain wake me right up like something's on fire. I used to wake up, though, thinking I was having a stroke because I had heard one of the symptoms of having a stroke was smelling burnt toast. And I used to tell Jim all the time, for crying out loud, and making me think I'm having a stroke up here. But the point was... Having Jim in the house meant I never got to go downstairs to a spotless kitchen because he would roam, rummage through the kitchen after I was asleep and there would be butter on the counter and toast crumbs and dishes in the sink. So, yeah, that was almost a welcome side effect of living alone was I could get up to that sparkling clean kitchen. I remember at one time I tried um, instituting a rule that the kitchen was closed after dinner and you just didn't get to go back in. That did not fly with Jim. <laughs> it's like, no way, no way, lady, get over yourself. And that's also the point that Corinne makes in her post is creating self-care for yourself doesn't have to be at the expense of everyone else. Right? You don't have to make everybody else miserable because you're like, nope, today's my day. I'm having self-care. Don't mess with me. Right? You just do it from a place of love and do it from a place of love and respect for yourself. That's the big thing. One of my self-care things, and I never thought of it as self-care before until I read Corinne's post. I love ironed sheets. And I will get out the ironing board and the iron, and I will iron all the sheets after they've been washed, put them away immaculately ironed, put them on my bed immaculately ironed. It was another thing that would make Jim crazy until he understood that it was something that gave me pleasure. 
because I love ironing linens. It just smells good when you're ironing linens. And I love to get in a bed with like crisp, perfect sheets, no wrinkles on them anywhere. Other people would tell me I was crazy. I shouldn't even say other people. Other women would be like, have you lost your mind? I don't even have an iron in my house. <laughs> you know, which I understand that. If you hate ironing, I'm not saying you should iron for sure. But for me, it wasn't because I was crazy. It was a way of honoring what I love. And it was a way of giving myself self-care. And it wasn't something that was going to make anybody else crazy. I mean, who's going to complain that the sheets are not wrinkled? <laughs> right? So for me, you know, secretly, I love iron sheets and I love to iron. And now when I do it, I can recognize it as a form of self-care just for me. Things I like, honoring the things that I like, realizing that when I wipe down the whole house, you know, I love to get out. What is that stuff called? It's cheap cleaning stuff. It's in places like Walmart. Fabuloso. If I get out Fabuloso, it is very scented, but I like using it sometimes. I will get Lavender Fabuloso and, you know, mix up a bucket of cleaning solution and go wipe things down and clean the whole house. And the whole house just smells beautiful, right? It's a way of self-care. So now think about, too, specifically as widows, what would widows classify as self-care? You know, we tend to think self-care has to be about going and spending a couple hundred dollars at a spa, right, to get a facial and, you know, body wrap, whatever, or going and getting our nails done. We think that's self-care, but it can be all those little things. It could be buying a scented candle that just smells really good to you and then coming home and lighting that candle, enjoying it. Listen, here is something that I decided was self-care and it's going to, it may sound crazy to some of you. I get it. Give me space. <laughs> okay. Self-care for me right after he died was going through his clothes right? Going through his clothes to donate or to toss because in my mind, I thought, well, he's passed away. So now it's expected that right away I go through his clothes. You know, um, I was still in a state of shock. Wasn't even thinking right. It's okay. I went in there and opening his closet with all of his clothes in there, was breaking my heart anyway. It was like, it's time. Let me empty this out. And um, I got rid of most of it, donated it. I felt really good about donating his coats. I made sure they were cleaned because I was living in the Northeast and I knew there were homeless people without adequate coats in the winter. So I knew that this was like a really generous thing to do with his clothing, right? There were people who needed it. Jim didn't need those clothes anymore. I did keep a few pieces. Um, I kept pieces that I finally let go of, but at that time I needed to hang on to them. And that was self-care too. Wrapping myself up in his great big old photographer's jacket that had all the pockets and things for lenses and cameras. 
I would just, some evenings, I would wrap myself up in that coat and go curl up in my chair with that on because it felt like having a hug, right? So that was self-care too. But what happened was as I went through Jim's things to donate or get rid of, I began to then go through my own things. I started going through all the things, right? I started creating more closet space. I started reducing my own footprint in the house. And here's what happened. Over time, it led to more and more clearing out. And eventually, I was beginning to crave more minimalistic surroundings. And I loved that. And of course, the biggest clearing outs for me was when I put my house on the market to sell uh, the first year when it didn't happen but I got rid of so much stuff I, you know when you've lived in a house for 15 years or more you it's amazing what you can accumulate I got rid of so much stuff and then the following year when I was like okay this is it I'm really doing it got rid of a whole bunch more stuff and then when the house sold and I knew anything left in the house I was gonna have to pay to ship to Texas I went through and got rid of a bunch more stuff and now that it's all delivered here and I've unboxed it all there's so many things that I unboxed that I thought why did I think it was important to ship this here you know so I am still going through stuff and scaling back scaling back on all the things because for me it feels wonderful to not have a bunch of clutter to walk into my closet. I love that Corinne talked about organizing her closet so that her outfits appear curated in the closet. That's exactly what I've done to my walk-in closet. And it just feels delicious to walk into a closet that isn't just stuffed full of clothing and things. It's just my outfits in there and they look pretty and they're all separated in their space and my purses are lined up. I love it. That becomes a part of self-care. Self-compassion is self-care. Giving yourself the space to feel and allow the pain of grief is self-care. But also giving yourself permission to take a break from that pain when you need it is also self-care. That's self-compassion. It's like, yes, there are days where I'm going to feel miserable and I'm going to allow those emotions to process through. I'm going to allow the sadness to wash over me because you know if you resist it, you never get to process it. But it's also being compassionate enough with yourself to recognize that you can't sit in misery nonstop. There comes a time when you need to go out with girlfriends and laugh or just go do something entertaining for yourself. Step away from the grief. To be able to let yourself back off from it is also self-care, right? Getting a checkup with your family doctor. If you are recently widowed, go get a physical because our health, tends to decline. We stop taking care of ourselves on so many levels and the statistics are so high for widows receiving a major health diagnosis within the first year or two after their spouse dies. 
It's astonishing. That's why, and I have preached to you all about this before, it is so important that you feed yourself well, that you look after yourself, because your body's defenses are really beaten down just by the shock of losing your spouse. The shock of the grief drops down your body's ability to recover itself. So it's super important that you're feeding yourself well. It's super important to go get a checkup with your doctor, right? Do that for yourself. Don't say, well, I don't know what my income is and I don't have much money and I'm going to have to pay a copay. Go do it. <laughs> pay for that. You deserve that. How about just listening to music? You know, I think the first few times that I was able to give myself permission to step back from that space of sadness, it was when I put music on in my kitchen. I love dancing in my kitchen. Yeah, I'm a kitchen dancer. You guys have seen the pictures. My old kitchen, I had pictures posted up that says this, this kitchen is made for dancing or this kitchen is for dancing. And I had an Amazon Echo set up on the counter in my kitchen. And here's the cool thing about that Echo Show is it has a screen. And when you have it playing songs off of Amazon Music, it like rolls the lyrics up the screen. So you can sing with it. It's like karaoke. So I would be in my kitchen in the evening, maybe making my dinner, cleaning up after dinner. I would have my music on. I would be dancing. I would start singing. I remember one night I poured myself a glass of red wine, singing with my Echo Show, and I was singing and dancing in my kitchen until like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> when I finally thought I need to shut all this down and go to sleep, you know, but that was self-care and it felt so good. It was the first time after Jim had died that I did something that felt so uplifting as to stand in my kitchen, sing and dance and just enjoy it. So that just boils down to girl, put your records on. If you're feeling sad, you can put your records on and feel sad with them. If you are tired of feeling sad, you need to give yourself a break to step back from that. Again, go put your records on. Dance. Raise a little hell in your kitchen by yourself. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That, my friends, is true self-care. I so appreciate Corinne letting me share her post with you because it was such a wonderful point of view of saying, yes, actually cleaning your house is a form of self-care just because it feels good to you to be in a nice clean house. Self-care doesn't have to be a manicure. Maybe it's just going out to Target, buying a few new throw pillows, getting rid of your old throw pillows and classing the place up a little bit. And it feels so good. So join us on Facebook if you are in Widows Empowering Widows, the free group. I would love for you to jump in there and just share your own self-care ideas, what makes you feel great, that most people don't necessarily think of as self-care, but it is self-care because it is honoring you. It's doing stuff that you love. It's allowing yourself to love stuff that others may not think of as self-care. And because you're coming from a place of love, you're not 
like making your kids wait for their dinner, like, no, I'm having self-care time, you're not going to do self-care at the expense of others. Self-care is something you just do for you, right? I love that concept. So you guys, take care of yourselves. Do some special things. Share with us in Widows Empowering Widows. I would love to hear what your self-care evenings or mornings have been all about. And if you've been waiting for Widow Coaching Center, next week the doors will open. I'm so excited. I'll talk to you all again next week. Go find some joy in your day. Bye.